will remain. I'm going to see some goodness right here. It's not going to just be pie in the sky. We're going to get some goodness right here, right now, in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain confident in this. I will see. The goodness of the Lord. Father, we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What you've done before, you will continue to do, almighty God. Father, your word declared that you would work it together for the good. So even from the bad, we remain confident that we will see your goodness no matter what it is that we're going through. And we thank you for that, God. Where else can we find that kind of confidence? Where can we find that kind of hope? Who else do we have to believe in but you, almighty God? Flesh fails, but you, God, never fail. Never fail. So, Lord, we want to stay in a place where we can receive from you, oh God. From you, Lord God. Not people from you, oh God. So, Lord, we turn our attention to your word, Lord, and we ask that you would just speak through your word, Lord God. Let it be your words that come through this vessel. Get the man out of the way so that your people hear you loudly and clearly. Only you can speak to every circumstance and situation. You know what's going on with each of us. You know the depth of what's going on with each of us, oh God. And I know that you have something for us. For you didn't bring us together for no reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am convinced, God, that you want to bless us. I am convinced, God, that you want to do something in us and through us in this world. I am convinced, oh God, that you have rewards for us. I am convinced that you are the living and loving God. Ah, God. So have your way this morning, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man, when, when I heard Deaconess Diana singing that song earlier, and I'm like, you know, God is so good. God is so good because he's, he's turning our attention today to walking on the water. <laughs> you need to have some confidence in who God is if you're going to walk on the water. You need to have your hope firmly established in the power and the love of Almighty God if you're going to walk on the water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. You know, I, I have enjoyed our study of Matthew. Now, I've, I've, I've been teaching for 30 years. Might be a little longer than that, but at least 30 years I've been teaching. And I've, I've taught the Gospels, the Synoptics. I've, I've taught back and forth. But this study, this time, is, is I don't, I, maybe I'm just older and mature and can hear better. <laughs> than I did before. But as, I'm, as we're going through this stuff, I'm like, he said what? 
It's getting clearer and clearer the message that is coming across and it's becoming clearer and clearer what God expects of his disciples. Clearer and clearer that the Lord spent a lot of time helping them to understand what they were going to have to do, especially after he was gone. So we go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now, those of us that's following in our Bible study realize that Jesus and the apostles were busy. They were not lounging around. They weren't taking big breaks and doing their own thing. They was moving from situation to situation to situation. And in chapter 14, we find out about John being beheaded. Now, the Lord, the loving man that he was, needed a moment to mourn John's death. But as he and the apostles were trying to find some place to go, people found out where they were and got there before them. But instead of just sending them away, he fed the multitude. Yes, yes, yes. But after they finished, he sent the disciples ahead and he took a moment to go and spend some time with the father alone. So we pick up on in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. The wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. That's a whole nother message for another day. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. Well, I'm sorry. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, my man, Peter, courageous. You can call him impulsive if you want to. He had heart. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you onto the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now, before everybody get all critical, if you missed the Bible study, what it simply meant was you didn't trust enough. So don't, don't say it like he was beating him over the head because he messed up. No, he was just saying, Peter, you didn't trust enough. And when they climbed into the boat and the wind died down, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. You walking on water, wind and waves is quieting down. Ain't nobody else can do this except you are the son of God. Church, hear this. When people say that Jesus was not a historical figure or that these things was just made up about him, look, why make up such drastic stories? There was a lot of things that they could talk about, but if these things didn't actually happen, why would they bother to talk about it? And then when you look at who the disciples were, they didn't have any reason to make up stuff. That's not the kind of guys they were. They weren't coming up with these great literary fantasies. So it must have happened. And they told what they saw happened. Just saying. Walking on the water. Now, most of us will not ever have to do that, literally. 
I'm, I'm getting ready to get on the boat. And I, I cannot imagine the Lord come walking up on the boat and said, come. I'm going to say, why? <laughs> this is a nice boat. <laughs> There's no reason to get out of this nice boat out there onto the water. But when you think about this situation, this is the only time that you see something like this happening. It's not something we as children of God should be looking to do. Do not go out to Rockland Lake and talk about, I'm going to see if the power of God is going to help me to walk on the water. Please do, please do not do that. There's no reason for us to look for that particular type of situation in order for God to show us who he is and what he wants from us. We don't have to worry about that. But what about metaphorically? What about those situations where you're in the boat in a storm and then Jesus shows up in an unusual way and gives you an opportunity to do something different? So if we look at the dynamics of this situation, we can find that, you know what? There's times when I do need to walk on the water. There's times when I need to walk on the water, when everything seems to be going crazy. Sometimes I need to be able to walk on the water. So let's, let's take a quick look at this. First of all, this experience, being able to walk on the water, is something that only believers should be aspiring to. If you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're on your own. Now, look, everybody gets to make a choice. You can, like, I'm going to believe in Jesus, I'm going to believe in myself. You go ahead and believe on yourself. But when there's an opportunity, a situation where you need to walk on water, unless you have some kind of supernatural connection to the Lord of the universe, you're on your own. And whatever happened, that's what happened. See, the believers, these people, the apostles that were on a boat, had an established relationship with the Lord. They had been with him. They had been working with. They knew him. They spent time with him. They listened to him. So they knew they had something more than just themselves. See, also, the apostles could look for this kind of experience. And when I'm saying apostles, I'm talking about Peter showing them what they were supposed to do. They were where the Lord told them to go. If you're not where the Lord told you to go, if you're just doing your own thing, if you're going to walk on water, you're going to do it on your own. Mm, 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 mm. See, and, and the apostles were actually trying to get where the Lord told them to go. He sent them to the other side, and they were actually using everything that they had to get to where the Lord told them to go. See, this is kind of the setup for being able to walk on the water. Because if you're not following Jesus' direction, if you're just going out on your own, doing your own thing, if you're not working already with what God already gave you, then you, you can forget about trying to walk on water. You better learn how to swim or stay out the lake. <laughs> See, just because the Lord sent you don't mean you won't face a storm. Yes. Yes. 
Because storms are a part of life. Storms are a part of life. It is only the devil that's trying to make you think that because you believe in Jesus and because you love the Lord and because you're trying to serve the Lord that you're not supposed to face any storms. That's the devil that's telling you that because he never said that we wouldn't have to go through the same things everybody else go through. He never said that. But here's the thing. While you're doing that, the, the Lord said that no temptation will overtake you. Because with everything that comes up, I will give you a way of escape. I, I will give you a way of escape. No matter what the circumstance that you're in, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bad it feels, even when you have exhausted everything within yourself trying to get through it, the Lord said, I will provide a way of escape. See, because Jesus never abandons the ones he sends. Because if he sent you, he ain't send you out there on your own. He didn't send you and say, well, let's just see what happens. I'm going to give you an assignment. And it's like, well, maybe you do it, maybe you don't. But go ahead. Let's see. Oh, you got it right? Oh, hallelujah. You got it wrong? Well, uh, too bad. You messed up. That's not the Lord that we, ah, God. So, but look at the setup I'm saying here. That if you have the relationship with the Lord and you're trying to do what he says, then you can be guaranteed that the Lord will never abandon you in whatever it is that he gives you to do. So as long as you're moving in that direction, even in the face of the storm, you know that the Lord is going to be with you. See, and you know, you, one of the ways that you kind of know that Jesus is behind it is because it's an unusual situation. See, you can start expecting the Lord to do something when you have used all of your abilities and it's not enough. See, fishermen know how to deal with storms. These are fishermen. This is Sea of Galilee. This is not some place that's unfamiliar with them. They know how to deal with storms. But this storm had them shook. <laughs> you know, you grown. You've been saved. You know how to handle some things. You've seen some stuff. But this storm got you shook. I was all right. I'm like, all right, yeah, oh, yeah, I see the storms. Uh, yeah, the clouds is getting bad. Waves getting a little rough. So, okay, we tucked the sail. We moved the oars. We, whatever fishermen do, I don't know. They, they getting ready to get through the storm. But with everything that they've done, they weren't making any progress. They out there in the middle of the lake doing the best they can with what they and not making any progress. See, children of the living God, when you know that you're where God is supposed to, told you to be, when you spent time with the Lord and you're on his assignment, and now you're out in the storm using everything you got and feel like you're not making any progress, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because you know that the Lord is in there somewhere. He didn't leave you out there by yourself. You know, it's an unusual situation because you get in trouble for being obedient. Now, getting in trouble for being disobedient, that's normal. That's, that's what happened. But when you actually doing the right thing and then you still end up in trouble. <laughs> like, wait, 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 Lord, that's not how this is supposed to happen. I, I'm ministering with all my heart, Lord. I'm giving my tithes, Lord. 
I'm praying and fasting. What in the world? Why am I in trouble for doing the right thing? I, I, oh, Lord. I figured there was some witness out there somewhere. All oh, y'all in trouble because you're messing up. Well, there are times when I get in trouble for doing the right thing. Is that, this? Is that better? Because most of the time you're in trouble is because of you? Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. The disciples were on that boat because of Jesus. He told them to get on the boat. And, he, and look, if Jesus had listened to them, they would have been on the boat and gone long before the crowd. Jesus had them out there all day ministering. <laughs> If it was left up to them, just y'all need to go find something to eat. Go, y'all, y'all need to go. So they would have been on the boat before the storm happened, and they all could have left together. But they were on the boat at the time they were on the boat because Jesus told them to, to do it. Amen. So why is there a storm? And why am I in trouble? Why, am I, why are my best efforts not making any progress if I am where the Lord told me to be? And, and, you know, it's unusual for the disciples, too, because you think about it, because Ju- Jesus was usually there. Wherever something was happening, Jesus was right there with them. Yes. So now there's a situation. We're out here by ourselves. Where is he? He's usually working side by side with us. <laughs> Jesus is usually where I can see him, where I could touch him, where I could hear him. Yeah. But now in this particular situation, I'm out here by myself doing what he told me to do, but he's not where I can see him. Now you know that if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming. (laughs) He's coming. He's coming. When you find yourself in that situation, don't start to despair. Don't start to act like you by yourself. Because if we learn anything from this story, the Lord is not leaving them by themselves. It might feel like it. It might look like it. It don't seem like nothing good is happening right now. But if I'm doing what the Lord told me to do, when the Lord told me to do it, I can be sure. Hallelujah. Ah, God. Ah, God. But then what happens? Then he shows up while we're still in it. The Lord don't, like in those movies where the cops show up after the person has been captured. It's like, how come all the police cars show up after it's all done? (laughs) Jesus is not like that. While you're still in it, he showed up at the time while you were still in it. But, but. This is where a lot of us mess up. You don't recognize him. I'm in it. The Lord is there, but I don't recognize him. There was a distance, but he closed the gap, and not, but I don't recognize him because I didn't expect him to show up like that. Mm. Ah. This is not what we expected to see. We looking for a different kind of miracle. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Woo. And there's so many people that's looking for a different kind of miracle. Yes. See, and, and, and that's, that's the, ooh. this is why I don't get a lot of likes. Because I, I understand the different kind of miracle. Because when we're going through stuff, there's a lot of folk that's all the thing you're looking for is somebody to get some oil, slap you on the head, say a prayer, you fall on the floor, you get up and now, hallelujah, all my problems is gone. Yeah. 
everything is resolved. That's the kind of miracle I want. But when you start saying, but your miracle is to trust God more, to press harder, to believe God more, to walk in the things he told you, that's not the kind of miracle I'm looking for. That's not the kind of miracle I'm looking for. I want it to be done right now. I don't want to have to do something. So you don't recognize that Jesus is there. We get to that. What is this? Now, I know some of you can relate to this. You was looking for a promotion, then you got written up. <laughs> I'm working hard, trying to get my job done, doing the best I can. Next thing you know, you're getting called in the office and somebody got something to say about something you didn't do. The one thing you didn't do. The one thing you didn't do. You did 12 things right, and that 13th thing, then, uh-oh, well, uh, I don't know. What is this? Why? Because the Lord wanted you to dust off your resume because he wanted to give you a new job, not just a promotion. So so he showed up in a way that you did not expect. Your your, your car breaks down. Now, you've been praying for a new car. Lord, I need a new car. Lord, Lord, I know I need a new car. Lord, so I'm just holding on for my miracle. I'm praying for my miracle. I'm waiting on my miracle. Then your car breaks down. You say, Lord. What is this? He said, because when are you going to stop praying and go to the dealership? <laughs> now, I believe in budgeting. I believe in getting what you can afford. But you've been praying for this miracle, praying for this car, praying for this car, and you never, ever went and shopped for a car. How do you know that on that day that the Lord let your car break down, so now you've got to go to the dealership, got to go talk to the salesperson, got to say, look, I need this for that. Now, until your car broke down, you ain't had that kind of faith. But once your car broke down, it's like, I, look, something got to happen. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, if, if you, your car is working fine, but you just want a Maybach, that's that $250,000 Mercedes. So, and, and you go to the dealership, well, I'm coming here in faith, and I want you to give me this car for $200 a month. They're going to be calling the cops because they're going to think there's something wrong with you. You in the wrong dealership. A lug nut going to cost you $200, so get, get out of here. I'm not talking about the crazy people that just want something extravagant and then go up into the dealer and declare and declare it in the name of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that for real, saint that's trying to do the work of the Lord, that need their car for work and to get to church because they pick up people on their way and they know that every time they stop, they go, Jesus, 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 start to the Lord in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Binding the devil, pleading the blood. Did you go to the dealership though? Did you tell somebody you need a new car? But you mad because the car broke down when you start praying for healing and you get sicker. What is this? My God is a healer. Healing is the children's bread. All them scriptures. What's, what's, what's going on here? How come I'm getting sicker when I'm praying for healing? Because the miracle that the Lord is teaching you is to have more faith. He's trying to show you how to walk on the water. So this is my sickness 
But my sickness ain't going to take me over. My sickness ain't going to keep me bound. My sickness ain't going to keep me in the boat. The sickness ain't going to kill me. I'm going to learn how to walk on this water. See, when the Lord shows up, when the Lord shows up, we can, our fears can be triggered. Because when we see the Lord doing stuff that, like, what is this? Now, all my insecurities are starting to come to the surface. Because I'm, I'm, I was believing God till I got sicker. I was doing okay till I got sicker. I was really trusting and in my heart with everything that I had. I'm like, I know God can. I know God can. I know God can. I know God can. Then I got sicker. It's like, oh, wait. What just happened? Did I miss something? Is, wait, is this, the, is this my time? Did the Lord say that this is it for me? Is this going to hurt? All of this stuff starts to come up. And like the disciples, they tried to put the, what we're seeing in human terms. They see a man walking on the water. They say, this got to be a ghost. This can't be Jesus. Because man don't walk on water. So it must, this, this can't, that can't be the solution. That can't be the fix. That can't be what's right. So my mind tries to figure out what to do because my fears are kicked up. Then I start trying to Come up with solutions on my own. And you know what I say. Desperation is the place where bad ideas start to sound good. But if we continue to hold on through our fears, Jesus will make himself known. We get to know him as Lord and Savior. He, he didn't just wash me and cleanse me of my sins, but he actually is Lord of my life. See, when we think about Lord, that means that he's the master, I'm the servant. It's like, but you know what? It's good being Jesus' servant. <laughs> There's a lot of perks for being Jesus' servant. And look who I work for. <laughs> look, look who my boss is. Ah, God. You, you know, I don't want to be no servant. I'll be Jesus' servant in a heartbeat. Mm. You think about some of these billionaire CEOs, and if you were their executive assistant, you get to fly on the same jet they fly on. They, they pay for your car and your housing, and they make sure that you're in the hotel room next to theirs. I'm just saying. There's some perks when you have a good boss. So if Jesus is the Lord of my life, Go ahead, Lord, 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 all over my life. Lord, all over it. Do whatever you want with it. Direct it however you want. Because I know who you are. And I know what you're about. And I know where this is going. So whatever you got to say about my life, however you got to direct my life, Lord, you go ahead and do your thing. Yes, God. Mm. See, you got to kind of shift your thinking about this. See, Jesus shows up walking on the water. And I love this part when, as I was studying this, it's like, can you imagine? There's a storm going on. Boat's getting rocked. Twelve dudes afraid. And here comes Jesus. I'm figuring he ain't even walking fast. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he just walking on, he walking on the water. He ain't worried about no wind. He ain't worried about no waves. He ain't worried about his disciples' fears. 
Their emotions is not changing what he's doing. It's not like when he saw them, he's like, oh, oh, I got to run. I got to save them. He's like, don't, don't be, it's me. It's all right. You don't have to worry. It's me. So he was just as calm in the midst of their troubles. Because you know why? Because Jesus was walking on water. He was walking on water. So what happens then? We have an opportunity here because Jesus is coming to where we are, but then there's still a little gap between us and him. <laughs> he didn't get all the way to where we were yet. Now, you can imagine that if Peter didn't say anything, Jesus would eventually have come to the boat. But before he got there, Peter was like, this is an unusual experience here. I want to get hold of some of this that's going on right here. So, Lord, if that really is you, then tell me to come to where you are. See, I see you coming to where I am. But, Lord, I want to know, can I come to where you are? We're going to close this gap as, as much as we can, as quickly as we can. There's something unusual that's going on here, and I have an opportunity to experience it because that's when you learn how to walk on the water. You don't walk on the water doing natural stuff. Walk on the water where things are safe. You walk on the water when there's an unusual experience. Hallelujah. Stay in the boat or walk on the water. What you going to do? See, because if you stay in the boat, that's your trusting fear to keep you safe. Let me talk about that for a minute. Do you know that sometimes we just wrap ourselves in a blanket of fear? Pull it up over our heads as if somehow doing that is going to keep us safe. Now, whatever it is that fear is talking in our ears, somehow we believe that wrapping ourselves in it, covering our head with it, now we're going to be okay. Now, I know while, while we're sitting here on Sunday morning, that sounds ridiculous. But think about it when you really shook up and you've allowed fear to grab hold of you. You rest in being afraid. I'm afraid. This is going to get me. This is going to hurt me. This is not going to turn out the way that I want. And you wrap yourself in that and live in it as if that's a place of safety. That's a choice. Either you trust fear to keep you safe or you trust the Lord to sustain you. It's a choice. Because no matter how bad that situation is and no matter how much you're anticipating it being bad, you could stay wrapped up in the fear and make yourself crazy, or you can say, Lord, bid me come. Yes, yes. Hmm. Yes, yes. But you got to be willing to do something. <sighs> you you got to get rid of that coward heart and grab hold of a courageous heart. Mm. You got to see Jesus bigger yes. than the thing that's in front of you. Yes. Hey, God. You got to see the God that you serve bigger than the problem that you have. Yeah. He's got to be bigger than that. Right. This, this morning when, when I'm, I'm not going to say Pastor D, that was my lovely wife that was wrapping my toe. <laughs> we went through like five band-aids, <laughs> then a pad, then some gauze, and then some tape. I'm like, oh Lord, this ain't going well. <laughs> this, is not, this, this is not going well. But it's like, okay, 
my foot is not falling off. I'm not in severe pain. We just got to stop it from bleeding so I can get some shoes on. Well, shoes didn't work. I ended up with sandals, but amen. amen. At that point, what the Lord wanted me to do was bigger than my foot bleeding. So this got to get under control because that's got to get done. And I wasn't trying to be brave. It's just that this was that important that if I got to wear sandals with my toe wrapped up in gauze, then that's just what's going to have to happen because the message that needed to be delivered today was something that God was burning in my heart that he actually confirmed through the song that you've got to walk on the water. See, because if Jesus did it, then we can do it also. Through him, we can do it also. Now, it's like, y'all got to be kidding me. No, the word said greater works will you do. He said greater works. So if Jesus showed that he can walk on the water in the midst of the storm without being disturbed, then those of us that belong to him, we have the ability to walk on the water. Again, we ain't stepping off the pier, but every time our situation and circumstance turns stormy, every time we've exhausted ourselves trying to get it right, every time we've worked hard trying to do what God said to do, we still have the ability to walk on the water. We don't have to stay in the boat and be afraid. We can walk on the water. So when your thoughts are raging, you can walk on the water. When your mind is going crazy, you can walk on the water. When you're facing the unfamiliar and scary situation, you can walk on the water. See, this is the reality of it, that we're going through this kind of stuff. Every time you turn around and this happens. And then you turn around and then that happens. You go to work, you go back home from work. You pack up all your stuff, then they tell you you got to come back in the office. Then you say you're going to come back in the office, then they say don't come back in the office. You're working hard, working hard, then they tell you you don't get a raise. It's like, what do you mean I don't get a raise? I'm working harder than everybody else in here. How do I not get a raise? You can learn how to walk on the water. Because that, that kind of stuff can shake you up. But when we're walking with the Lord and following his direction, no matter how stormy it gets, you can just keep going to where he told you to go. Because you've got to learn how to walk on the water. You have to be able to move into a supernatural, miraculous place where you're empowered by the spirit of the living God to do something that you can't do on your own. See, because people that don't know God can't really walk on the water. They may learn how to build a boat. They may learn how to swim. They may stay on the shore, but they can't walk on the water because when the water gets too bad for the people that don't know God, it takes a supernatural miracle for us to be able to stand on something that's not standable. We have to be able to get through something we can't get through. That is a supernatural act of the living God, the spirit of God working in us that enables to do something we cannot do on our own. And it only becomes from that relationship with God because people that don't know him can't walk on the water because you'll end up building a big boat of anger, a big boat of depression, a big boat of lies. 
you'll find something to try to go over the water because you can't walk on the water. Because that's only something that God can give you to do. And I know how hard it can get when it all feels like it's crashing down on you. And it's like, how do I survive this? You got to learn how to walk on water. But understand it's a supernatural act. It's not something that we make up in ourselves. It's a supernatural act. And when you look back over your lives, how many times have you actually walked on the water and didn't realize it until after the fact? Hey, wait, how did I get to this other side? Because you walked on the water. Because you walked on the water. And you didn't even realize that that's what happened to you. But when you look back now, you realize, wait, there was, I, there was nothing to carry me over. That had to be God. I got from this point to that point. It had to be God. So, I, so I've actually walked on the water before. I just didn't realize that's what I was doing. But so now that I realize, I, I need to learn how to, I got to walk on the water. I got to stop letting these storms push me around, tell me what to do, tell me what to feel, tell me what to think. I got to stop letting them do that. Why? Because Jesus said, come. You recognize that it was him and he said, come. So walk on the water. So I, I conclude with this because there's, there's some of us that, that tried it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to get it right this time. I know that is Jesus. He told me to get out the boat. I'm getting out the boat and I'm walking on the water. I'm doing all right till like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I was all right a minute ago. But oh, Wait. What's happening now? That's all right. Because what happens? All you got to do is say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Don't let the time you got distracted and started to sink make you think you can't walk on water no more. All you got to do is say, Lord, save me. And guess what? He's close enough to reach out his hand and lift you up. So all you got to do is say, Lord, save me. Don't let fear stop you. Because what will happen if it don't work out? All you got to do is say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I was trying. I was getting it right. It went bad. All I got to do is just say, Lord, save me. You don't have to sink. You don't have to go under. You don't have to die in your distress. All you got to do is just say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. So I want to know if there's some people out here who actually want to walk on the water. Who, who want to walk on the water. Because you just, in the boat is not, everybody in the boat. Everybody can stay in the boat. Everybody can stay in the boat. It's like, I, I'm tired of being in the boat. God, I'm Because I think God wants something else from me. I think God wants something more for me. I think God wants to use me more than this. Move through me more than this. Do something more with my life than this. I'm tired of just being in this boat. I want to walk on the water. I'm not going to worry about what's going to happen after I get out the boat. Because I know I can just say, Lord, save me. If it go bad, he's right there with me. He's the one telling me to come. I'm going to say, yes, Lord. Save me. So, Father... Those of us who love you, Lord, and who know your love, oh God, 
who know your love, who've experienced your love, who understand, God, that you're right there. And this unusual situation that we're in, as difficult as it feels, as difficult as we understand it to be, as confused as we may be trying to get out of it, we understand, God, that we have that relationship with you. We are going where you told us to go. We're doing the best we can to get it done. But this thing is beyond us, above us, too much for us. But we know that you are the Lord of the situation and that you will never abandon us. That Lord you're coming. Lord you're coming. Where you told us to go Lord we know that you're coming also. So Lord while we're in it we're looking for you to show up. And Lord when you show up help us to see that it's you. Announce yourself. Make it clear that we understand that it's you God doing your thing. Lord and we're determined that we're going to walk on the water, Lord. We're going to walk on the water. This emotional turmoil, we're going to walk on it, Lord. This mental distress, we're going to walk on it, Lord. These physical challenges, we're going to walk on it, Lord. Lord, these circumstances of life, we're going to walk on it, Lord. We're going to walk on the water. Because, Lord, we're just walking towards you. We're just trying to get to you, Lord God. Ah, God. Ah, God. This difficult situation, Lord God will just be an opportunity for us to learn how to walk on the water. Lord, we're not going to let it pass just sitting in the boat. We're going to take the opportunity to learn how to walk on the water, God. So teach us today. Deal with our fears. Deal with our concerns. Deal with our heartaches. Deal with our misunderstandings, Lord God. Teach us something different, Lord. Bring us to a different place, Lord. A different understanding. For your name's sake, God. For your glory's sake. For the church's sake, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Now this message was for those that believe, but if there's one that have not established that relationship with the Lord and finding themselves in a situation and you've built all the boats that you can and none of it is working. They all crash and sink. You try to swim as hard as you can and you can't get anywhere. You find yourself fa- failing and about to drown. You've cried out to everybody and there's nobody there to save you. I want you to know that If you establish that relationship with Jesus Christ, you will be able to walk on the water. That thing, that circumstance, you will be able to walk on the water. But you just have to ask the Lord into your life. Just ask him. See, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you will be saved. So it starts with just a prayer from your heart. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I don't understand it, but there's something in me that's telling me that God rose you from the dead and that you are still alive. And because you're alive, I want to live too. So I'm asking you to save me, Lord. Wash me. Cleanse me from my sins. Bring me into your family, Lord. Teach me how to walk on the water. Teach me how to walk on the water. Lord, I give my life to you. Accept me, oh God. Accept me, oh God. 
So you don't have to say this part. I want to pray for you. Those that prayed that prayer for the first time, Lord, I'm asking that, Lord, that you would move in their hearts now, Lord God. Father, that you would start to open their understanding, open their eyes, start to feed them more, Lord God. Father, bring the people into their lives that would help them to grow, to mature, to strengthen, Lord, to show them the preparation necessary so that they will be able to walk on the water, Lord God to build that relationship with you so that they'll be able to hear your direction and recognize you when you show up and obey you when you give them the opportunity, Lord God. Father, bless them, keep them, use them for your glory is my prayer. Amen. Amen.